Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. That show fucked me up. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy birthday to my podcast, That Show Fuck Me Up. That Show Fuck Me Up is turning two years old today. Can we give her a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, what is up, fucked up fam? Thank you for tuning in to this very special bonus episode, birthday celebration episode. I'm not gonna go any. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna go over any updates, any recommendations. There's none of those in sight. The only thing that's in sight are vibes. This episode is, is gonna be all about the vibes. Just a little like agenda. Uh, or itinerary for this episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the shows that I covered this past season. Uh, I'm going to talk about which one was my favorite one, which one I like enjoyed the most covering, and then like go over some analytics, some stats from the podcast. And then I'm so excited, fucked up fam. And then I'm going to cover one of my favorite movies, Gothica. Gothica? I can't even pronounce the name. Uh, take a shot. <laughs> I'm going to cover Haley Berry. Hale? No. I think. Oh my God, I'm so bad. I think Halle Berry? Is it Halle Berry or Hale Satan? Hale Berry? <laughs> Halle Berry. Is it pronounced Halle Berry? Okay. Gothica starring Halle Berry. Dude, if I'm mispronouncing her name, I'm going to like. I would be so fucking upset. Okay. Besides the point. So let's let's just get to it, okay? This is a fun episode. We're going to cover some stats or whatever, but it's still going to be so much fun. In the past year, I've covered these TV shows. I've covered The White Lotus Season 1. I've covered American Horror Story Murder House, The Haunting of Bly Manor, White Lotus Season 2, and of course, the show that I'm currently covering in this season is Sharp objects so five tv shows that's crazy dude but i was just thinking how like with um, like usually i cover like you know short shorter like tv shows like that are considered like mini series or whatever but the white lotus season one i think had six episodes and so did season two but american horror story had 12 so that's like three months literally Three months of the whole year was dedicated to American Horror Story Murder House. And The Haunting of Bly Manor had 10. So that was around like two and a half months. So that's like half a year right there. And then like three more shows for like the other half of the year. So that makes sense. Like I was just like, did I really only cover five shows this whole fucking year? But I mean, then, then there's like the, you know, I like to take my little breaks after each season. So it makes fucking sense. It makes fucking sense. And we did have, I believe, only two bonus episodes, which are the ones that I just recently published. So uh, covering Jury Duty and covering uh, season six of Black Mirror. So those are were our two bonus episodes like bonus bonus like separate from like the show because of course we always have the bonus wrap-up episode after every season um which one was my favorite out of like these five shows fuck that's a really tough question because i was gonna like i was just gonna go with intuition and just like choose like the first one that came to mind and that one's gonna be the white lotus season two even though i really like season one you see i can't choose but Covering The Haunting of Bly Manor was so rewarding because y'all know how I feel about, you know, Mike Flanagan and the Flanniverse and just like TV shows like that. But Sharp Objects right now, while I'm covering Sharp Objects, I forgot how good this show was and how like hard it fucked me up. Okay, let's go off of fuck up. Like this show, like fucked me up like destroyed me the haunting of bly manor destroyed me in such an emotional level 
and then I, I would say sharp objects is after that one. Um, I feel like sharp objects, it's more like shocking and not like emotional. Well, I mean, it's also emotional, but there's like a lot of shock factor in like the content of what the show is all about. I would put AHS Murder House last. Like I, I enjoyed it. It's fun because it's American Horror Story. And of course, it was the first season. So y'all know the first few seasons of AHS are mwah chef's kiss we can all fucking agree on that but and then the white lotus season one and season two was just like really fun like it was just like stressful like if you were to put yourself in one of the shoes of like you know the guest of the white lotus but it was like a very fun watch as like an external spectator so yeah i think i like that i like that ahs last White Lotus, I mean, Blind Matter fucked me up the most. Then Sharp Objects, even though we're not done with Sharp Objects by the time I release this episode. And then we'll put, we'll lump, we'll lump the White Lotuses together for third place. Because it was a fun, fun watch. Yes, it fucking was. Um, let's go on and talk a little bit about some statistics. So the the day in this past year so of course i'm gonna release this episode august 12th the actual birthday of my baby that show fuck me up so obviously i'm gathering this data oh my god i'm looking at the clock and it's like 444 so it's 444 angel numbers spirit guides what are you trying to tell me i get distracted so easily no but I know I said that I was going to keep this episode about, like, the birthday girl, but I've been seeing angel numbers everywhere. Every time I look up at the clock, angel number, angel number this, angel number that. And and then I've been getting so many, so many targeted TikToks, like tarot card reader TikToks, and I feel so delusional, Factor Fam. I'm feeling so delulu. Like, they're always like, oh, my God, he misses you, and he's coming back. And I'm like, who? Who is? Because he need to he needs to hurry the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I'm so sorry. Yes, I got distracted by the angel number, but where was I? Okay, yes, I remembered. So the day of this past year that I've had the more plays was April 26th. On that day, I had 91 total plays. Like someone no, well, a lot of people were listening to my podcast at the same time, and it was 91 people listening in that one day. Like, I feel like that's such a big accomplishment. Like, I'm a small podcast, and I just feel like, wow, fuck, like, 91 plays in one day. I feel like that's a big achievement. And in the last year, so August 12th to when I'm recording this, which is August 6th, so like maybe a week before I release this, um, so obviously in this next week, probably I'm going to have more lessons, hopefully, <laughs> but from April, um, I mean, from August 12, 2022 to August 6, 2023, I've had around 1,954 plays in total. So I'm guessing it's going to be about 2k by the time like this, um, you know, episode comes out and like in total, like since the beginning of time, I have around like 3.5k. So you can see how in this second year I did like a little bit better than the year before. So shout out to shout out to me. I was like, shout out to us, but who's this us I'm talking about? I'm doing all the fucking work. <laughs> and we have the numbers to show it. So yes, I wanted to like take this time. I know I'm always thanking you, but for real, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for y'all that continue to listen to me. And even those days where I felt like damn like my listenership is really low like should i even continue this This is like such a hassle having a podcast like i love it don't get me wrong i love it so much but it's so much work it's like having another full-time job that you're not getting paid for (laughs) but we're manifesting fucked up fam we're manifesting right now this podcast is gonna make me a fucking millionaire and okay whatever your negative asses or hopefully not yarn your negative asses but some people are gonna be like "Mm, podcasts don't make you money anymore you had to do it during the podcast boom fuck off it's gonna make me money we're manifesting ready ready fucked up fam 
my plays of my podcast and all of how should I word it? How should I fucking word it? Let's think together. My podcast is thriving. I am financially abundant because of my podcast. I'm able to stop working the job I currently have to focus full time on my podcast because it is doing amazing and it is giving me financial liberty and abundance. Ah, I love that. I love that for us. I'll check in. I'll check in uh, on your three and see if those like manifestations work. <laughs> Hopefully, if they didn't work, I'm gonna be really sad. Just kidding. It's fine. It's fine. Look, I am a creative person. I write poetry. I playwright. I have a podcast. I, this is how I heal the world through my art. And you're going to be like, oh my God, you're so fucking obnoxious. You're so full of yourself. You're not healing. Yes. This is my way of helping out the world be a little bit better. Like, just if I bring joy to at least one person, my mission in life is complete. And the fact that I'm able to reach so many people through this podcast, and y'all are excited to listen to me, that's just so fucking rewarding. The The way that I've been able to travel because of my plays, that I've gone to places like Boston and New York, and like, and that... I've gotten to meet so many individuals and like people that saw or were part of the audience for my plays felt something or that they enjoyed it. And it's just, look, I'm doing my little bit to make the world a little bit better. And that's, that's me. That's who I am. I don't know where the fuck I was going with this, but I just really enjoy creating content content for y'all. It like, it doesn't matter if it's through a podcast, through plays, uh, through poetry, And it's also really good for myself emotionally because I'm not great at expressing myself with other people, but I'm really good at talking into a mic and I'm really good at writing my feelings down and I'm really good with portraying my feelings and my thoughts and my beliefs through a story, through a script. So yes, maybe I'm lacking in the communication aspect of it of things, which is very important and I'm aware of it, but I'm developing other parts of myself. And hopefully, look, I recently tweeted this. I was like, it makes me so happy. And and I don't know if y'all believe in astrology, but I believe in astrology. But it makes me so happy when I find or I I meet or I interact with other Libras, especially Libra, Libra women. When I interact with other Libras that are really good at communicating their feelings and their boundaries and what they want. And it just makes me like hopeful for the future that one day I'll be able to do that with my boys and maybe in front of like the person that I want to communicate things with instead of like, I mean, it's going to sound negative, but like hiding behind a mic and hiding behind like a script or hiding behind like my poetry. But yeah, I'm just really excited to continue to put out uh, content for y'all. And again, I don't know why this turned into like a little mini rant, but the point of this whole story, or I don't know if this was even a story, was to thank y'all. Thank you so much. And of course, if I see you, uh, I'll give you a kiss. Two, two kisses because it's a two-year birthday anniversary of my podcast. So if you see me out and about and you're like, oh, I listened to that uh, birthday episode and you promised me two kisses, I'll give you two little kisses. How's that for a change? Love that. Iconic. Quid pro quo. If you know something about me, you'll know I love my quid pro quo actions. Not like that. Well, I've been, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Uh, we are not going to talk about that right now. Um, what else? Let me see what I have. Oh, I wanted to do a quick shout out to Pods Network. So I already mentioned this, but they, but they reached out a couple months ago and they were like, hey, like we're a new like podcasting network. We're trying to get like, like smaller podcasts, like to help them with visibility because we know that this is something that a lot of podcasters struggle with. 
And, you know, they've been really helpful for my podcast. Like, and I'm seeing it in the numbers of plays. Like, my recent podcasts are doing really, really good. Like, my recent podcast episodes are doing really good. And I'm just so grateful that they, like, reached out and that I trusted them. Or, like, they trusted me and I, like... It's a it's a mutual level of trust and that they're helping me promote my podcast and market it into like, you know, just like other people that would have never found out about my podcast if it wasn't for them. So again, super grateful for them. Shout out if you're also like a podcaster that's barely starting out or you're like listenership is slow. You want more plays in your episodes. They just launched. Oh, honest. Actually, they launched today. So they launched August 6th with POTS Network, so they recruited me before they, their launch. So reach out to them. I believe um, to start out, it's like $100 a month, yeah, and they'll like help you because they're providing a service. Obviously, they're going to charge. Like, how are they going to make money, right? But um, I definitely recommend them. And, you know, just try it out for a couple of months. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Like, I'm just thinking I hate wasting money. But if it's going to help out the podcast, it's going to help out the podcast. And I'm always spending money. I'm always wasting money on stupid shit that I probably shouldn't buy. Like, I was recently talking to someone and I'm like, paying through Apple Pay. Like, you know how you're like browsing online and you get like a targeted ad and you're like oh my god and there they have the ability to pay through apple pay it is so easy that is way too accessible like way too fucking easy and i'm always wasting money so like putting aside a hundred dollars a month to pay for this service that is helping me with visibility when i was struggling with it it's just like again quid pro quo (laughs) um but yeah, go check out Pods Network, uh, and their website is podsnetwork.com. And lastly, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or on anything I said, go ahead and leave me a little voice memo, a little voice message. I'll go ahead and drop the link for that in the description. I believe you might have to download the uh, Spotify for Podcasters app, um, but I mean, it's worth it. You get to be featured in my podcast, and that show fuck me up. So why don't you do it? Tell me why. That will be a lot of fun. Let me know what your thoughts are. Okay? All right. Um, okay, I believe it's time to get started with the fun. Well, I mean, this was also fun, but the funner part of the episode. All right, let's do it. I'm so upset. I just realized that I never connected my mic for the intro. So obviously the sound's going to be different from the first part of the you know episode but you know shit happens it had to happen right like something always goes wrong on a birthday party or like a birthday so it was meant to happen and we're just gonna ignore it we're just gonna have a great time so i will be covering like i said the movie gothica oh fuck i didn't look up when it came out but i rented it from um amazon so it came out gothica 2003 and it's uh described as an all mystery chiller with a dash of horror okay i would definitely describe it as that um yes mystery chiller with a dash of horror who the fuck is knocking oh my god hold on hold on hold on brb brb um sorry for that weird interruption or rude interruption i thought someone was knocking and then i got all paranoid because i was like who's it who's at my door who came here unannounced? Uh, but it was actually no one. <laughs> no one was at my door. So, okay. But yes, I would describe it as a mystery chiller with a dash, a splash, a tiny bit of horror. Well, not a tiny bit. There was like one moment where I was genuinely like, there was a jump scare. And I think it's like the only jump scare in the whole film. But it was really good. Okay. Dude, now I'm, like, paranoid. Like, what if I'm pronouncing Halle Berry's name? No, I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Let's get started. So, the movie opens up with Chloe, uh, like, a mental penitentiary uh, patient, played by Penelope Penelope Cruz. We love, we stand. Uh, She's given a monologue about how, like, something is coming into her 
room in the middle of the night and making her burn from the inside in and basically she's saying like how the devil has been visiting her and you know uh Halle Berry is listening to her like give this like monologue and she plays psych psychologist yeah is psychiatrist or psychologist I think it's psychiatrist because she uh, prescribed medication Dr. Miranda Gray. Uh, the name like threw me off because it reminds me of Grey's Anatomy. It's so close to Meredith Gray, but it's Dr. Miranda Gray. So Halle Berry plays Dr. Miranda Gray and Penelope Cruz plays Chloe. So, uh, so Halle, uh, so sorry, Dr. Miranda Gray is asking how she knows it was the devil. And she's like, oh, like maybe you're like projecting. Like I know like Maybe, like, you know, it could be something else. And Chloe's like, oh, you probably think that I'm making this up or, like, making this up, like, about my, like, my stepfather's abuse, blah, blah, blah. And she kind of, like, we kind of find out that Chloe, the reason that Chloe is in, like, the penitentiary is because she murdered her stepfather because he, she, he had been, like, sexually abusing her. And, you know, like, something triggers Chloe when they're having a conversation and she like freaks out and like the guards get in there and Dr. Miranda Gray just like walks away and she makes her way over to one of her colleagues offices and I think it's her supervisor or her superior and it's Dr. Uh, Parsons and she's like hey like by the way um, we, sh we need to compare notes on something and he's like oh just tell my secretary and she'll schedule it and then she goes over to her husband's office and her husband is, like, the boss of, like, the mental penitentiary or whatever it's called. Um, and the her husband is Doug, um, D-O-U-G. And she's, like, oh, she's, like, explaining how Chloe is distorting her abuse into, like, something that hasn't happened. And he, like, he, like, reminds her that that it's only a distortion. And she, as, like, the doctor, can help be the mirror so that Chloe can actually like be able to recount what actually what has been happening so whatever um Dr. Graham like comes into the room right as like Doug and Miranda are kissing so they're like married it's so weird there's like a huge age gap well I think it's huge I, I really don't know because Halle Berry in this in 2003 she looks super young she has like a baby face still and her husband who's played by charles dutton i don't know how to pronounce the last name is like so much older and he's like the boss of like the penitentiary so like there's like that um what's what's the word that i'm looking for not class disparity like leader no there's just a disparity between them like he's her boss but he's also her husband and she works for him like i don't know it doesn't make sense so uh dr graham like walks in and interrupts them kissing and dr graham is played by rdr himself no rdj R no <laughs> rd yeah robert why didn't i just say robert downey jr iron man himself before he was iron man and he's like hey like blah 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 and then uh Doug or Dr. Doug Miranda's husband is just like hey I'm gonna go out to like our house by Willow Creek um, I'll be home later and Miranda's like oh I'm gonna stay here and work a little bit longer and uh, Doug is like tells Dr. Graham go ahead and take care of my wife you know so he leaves and then Miranda is like goes back to her office she does more work um and then she goes, takes like, she goes like exercises by doing, by swimming laps inside the pool, inside the penitentiary. I don't know. I'm like, is this pool just for the staff or is this pool used by like the, like the patients inside like the mental health ward? Uh, because it just seems like a, like dangerous. <laughs> like what if one of the patients is having like a mental breakdown or they're like experiencing psychosis and then they try to drown themselves in that pool? you know or like who has access to it i have a lot of questions about the fucking pool <laughs> so whenever she's done she like tells 
like she gets out in the security guard named Joe. He's like, oh, how many laps did you swim today? And she's like, oh, 55, like no biggie. So she, my girly pop is strong, like 55 laps in like a really big pool. I don't know what the like dimensions are for like an Olympian pool, but that should look big. <laughs> So uh, we notice that it's raining really hard, like really bad outside. There's a storm and Dr. Graham, again, played by Robert Downey Jr. He's like, hey, like, I'll follow you like down the street, like almost to get to your house because like your husband told me to take care of you and it's like raining really badly. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. So he follows her for a little bit and then the, like she drives off and then she notices that the... um like the road that she's taking home is closed off by the police and like the like she knows one of the like the policemen and she's like hey what happened and he's like oh there's a sinkhole you gotta take like a different route so she takes a detour and she's he like mentions like going through like this place where there's a bridge so she's driving she's calling her husband and uh she's like oh are you home already blah 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 there was a, I, I had to take a detour like he's like yeah i'm home whatever she goes she's going through the bridge and then like she's still talking on the phone with her husband but the sound cuts off because obviously she's passing through a bridge so it's like all staticky and as she makes her way out of the bridge a woman is standing right in front of the exit so she has to like swerve to avoid hitting that woman and she like crashes into a tree Miranda's fine she gets out of the car and she goes up to the woman and this woman is like wearing a dress she's soaking wet and she has scars all over her face and her chest area like open wounds like not even scars yeah let's call them like cuts like open wounds and she's just like there and she's kind of like freaking out Miranda uh like tell like tells her that she can help her blah 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 and the woman starts to freak out and all of a sudden the woman burst into fire and she grabs Miranda by the face and then it cuts to Miranda waking up gasping for air and she realizes that she's in a locked room inside the penitentiary that she works at so obviously Miranda freaks out and like they're trying to like restrain her and control her uh so what so what, what did I write here so she like obviously she freaks out because she's trying to find out what the fuck she's doing in there like why is she in the penitentiary dr graham gets there and he advises like the orderly and like the security to like sedate her and um he he like talks to her like when she comes down he's like explains that he shouldn't be even, even be treating her because it's like a conflict of interest but that they got like a waiver from the court and she asked how long she's been like out and he's like oh three days and this is the first time that i've ever like i've seen you being lucid she's like oh i want to talk to my husband and he's like oh what's the last thing that you remember and she's like oh i remember like my session with chloe and that she freaked out i remember seeing doug my husband and then him leaving and then you come no like i remember seeing doug my husband you coming into the room him leaving uh, i remember going for like a dive like a swim in the pool and then like driving in the rain and she's like and the detour and the bridge like she remembers all of this and then something that we didn't see she's like oh i remember getting home and seeing doug like sitting down in the couch and then she's like oh my god I saw a girl I saw a girl like the girl that she saw when she like swerved after she left the bridge and Dr. Graham asked if there was any trouble in her marriage and she's like no well like what do you mean like why are you asking me these questions and uh, she's like I want to talk to my husband and he's like I got to give you some bad news and and he basically is like oh Doug is dead and like all of the evidence points to you killing him and obviously miranda this is news to miranda and she freaks out so they have to sedate her even some more she now wakes up and she's like you know like she's not fighting any fi fighting it anymore and she's taken to like the common room area and of course like the patients are all like is that dr gray like is that dr gray and then like they start recognizing her and chloe um you know the patient that's played by penelope cruz goes up to her and tells her she's like 
oh, like no one will ever believe you now because they think that you're crazy. No one believes a crazy person, even if you're not crazy. So and then Chloe hands her a cutout of like a newspaper article and it says that she violently murdered her husband with an axe. So it was brutal. So then we see her in her like in her like room, which looks kind of like a cell with like just like glass windows. So like the orderlies and the security have access to her like to see what she's doing. And she begins to have so she wakes up at the middle of the night because of like a flickering lights. She like sits down in bed and she like gets up because she feels like there's something there. And you know, like when you breathe into a glass and like it gets foggy and then you're able to write something. So someone on the outside that's not visible does that. And then they like write out not alone. So obviously she like freaking out and but she's like trying to be rational she's like i'm a doctor and she's like she's trying to convince herself that she's dreaming that she's like i have to be dreaming because this doesn't make sense this doesn't add up then we see that the orderly takes her to like uh take a shower and it's like all of the women patient well i think it's like an all women like penitentiary or like mental health ward um so there's like a bunch of showers. I'm, I'm assuming that's how it is. Like also at a jail, just like a bunch of showers and everyone's like naked. And she, they're like, oh, you got to like take a shower. And she, and as she's like relaxing for the first time, as she takes this like very public shower. And I can't even begin to imagine how like humiliating this, this was for her because she was the doctor. She was treating these patients and now she's like naked amongst, amongst them, like showering, you know? So she closes her eyes and then went like just to relax, like, you know, when you're like taking a shower and when she opens them, she's seeing the girl that she saw under the bridge is like there. And like she's looking at all the women's faces and they all start kind of start like merging or like kind of like transforming to look like that woman from under the bridge. And she starts to freak out. And the woman from under the bridge somehow attacks her in front of all these women and Miranda, like her arm, she like puts up her arm to protect herself, like how you usually would if someone was attacking you. And the the woman from under the bridge, like scratch her in such a way that she like just like falls down into like the like the shower and she's like in a fetal position and you can see like the blood pulling under her. So it's like very, and obviously this causes chaos because there's like a bunch of women that are naked and showering. And then like one of the women, Dr. Miranda Gray starts freaking out. So like everyone like ran off. Um, So whatever, they take her to the infirmary. And then the, like the doctor is like, oh, she has 35 different scars in her arms. And she's like, oh, the weapon was probably a scalpel, but I don't know how she would get a scalpel. And he's like, but she's fine. It's mostly just superficial ones, wounds. So Dr. Graham comes in and he's like taking her vitals and she's like asking him, she's like, oh, like, I don't remember, since I don't remember something, I have to ask you something. Or she's like, since I don't remember much, can I ask you something? And Dr. Graham is like, sure. And she's like, did we ever have an affair? And Dr. Graham is kind of taken aback by this. And he's like, no, we didn't. And she's like, did you want to? And he's like, says yes. And she's like, did you think that I wanted to? And he says also like, yes. And then she's like, then why didn't we? And Dr. Graham explains that she she was married to the boss. So obviously, like he would never overstep that boundary. And he she's like, she's just asking all these questions. So then it cuts to... Um, what did I, I don't know if I wrote this down. Okay, so it cuts to her going, like, outside. I guess they have, like, they they need to be taken outside for, like, a couple, like, like, certain time to get some sunlight. And she sees her, like, supervisor, like, walking outside. And she's like, oh, Dr. Parsons, I need to talk to you. Like, I don't think Dr. Graham is the right person to treat me right now. And, like, Dr. Parsons is like, well, he's the only person that I have right now that can treat you. Basically, like, bro, like, you killed your husband. And, like, I guess he was the boss. But maybe he was, like, the head doctor. I don't know. And um, 
she's just like upset that like no one is believing her and no one's trust like trusting her uh where was it okay so then uh she has a visitor and it's her lawyer teddy and teddy basically tells her that the evidence against her is over well overwhelming and miranda argues that she did not have any motive she's like i don't care if the evidence is overwhelming like what the fuck was my motive like i was in a happy marriage no like like a flip didn't like a switch didn't flip like i did not murder my husband in like cold blood um and he and teddy just tells her that again it's not looking good and that the only thing he can argue that could possibly get her out of jail is temporary insanity and even then like a jury would probably not trust her and believe her because she's a doctor so she could fake to be crazy you know and then uh, Teddy is like, oh, Sheriff Ryan is here and he wants to talk to you. Um, but I would like advise against it because, you know, like he was like your husband's best friend. And like it's 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 an, like no good. OK, but Miranda's like, I have nothing to hide, blah, blah, blah. I didn't do anything like it's fine. I'll talk to him. So Teddy's there. He calls the sheriff over and the sheriff is like, oh, I have a few questions for you. And he's like, what was Doug doing when you got home? And then like the sheriff kind of like ha like breaks down because obviously Doug was his best friend and he gets like emotional and he's like, I just want to know why you did it. I just want to know why you killed your husband. Like, what did he do to you? What did he do to deserve this? And like Dr. Graham gets there and he's like telling them like, you know, like don't like what's the word that I'm looking for like you shouldn't be asking the patient these types of questions because they're gonna get her like all riled up or whatever and then Miranda's arm you know like where she had all those like those 35 scars begins to bleed violently out of nowhere and then she removes like the what's covering her arm and then it's like you could see that the scar like the scars in her arm spell out not alone oh i remember so when the sheriff is having his breakdown he's like you did this blah 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 and he starts showing her like the crime scene evidence pictures and she notices that one of the pictures in blood it's written not alone and that's when her like wound starts bleeding and she removes like the covering and you can see that her arm the scars in her arms say not alone as well. And obviously Miranda freaks out. She's like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Because like, what the fuck is happening, right? This is why I love this movie so much. You really don't know what the fuck is happening till you find out. So Miranda is now asleep slash sedated and restrained and she's having flashbacks of that rainy night and like getting home and seeing her husband like smoking like, um a cigar in the couch and after these flashbacks she reveals to like oh after these flashbacks she has like she she tells dr parsons her superior that she wants to talk to him and she reveals to him that you know now she knows that she was there when doug was murdered but that she was not alone and she kind of like tells him the story again of like that other woman and Miranda sees a picture of a girl in Dr. Parson's office. And she like begins to freak out and she's like, who is she? Who is she? Um, and like, how do you know her? And then she reveals that the girl in the picture in Dr. Parson's office is the girl that she saw under the bridge and the girl that attacked her in the showers. And like, Dr. Graham is also there and he's like, oh, put that picture down. Like, no, like, it doesn't make sense. And Dr. Parsons is like, that's not possible because my daughter is dead. Like, so the girl from the picture is his daughter and she died four years before. And he's like, yeah, my daughter, Rachel, died four years ago. So it cuts to Miranda. Um, again, she wakes up in the middle of the night because there's flickering lights. And then she's like, I'm a doctor. Um, she's like saying this out loud she's like i'm a rational person i don't believe in ghosts but if you are the ghost of rachel rachel parsons open the door to my room because obviously it's locked and then we just hear like a clicking sound so she gets out of her room and then she begins to like walk through the hallways and she sees the ghost of rachel um walking one direction and she she's terrified so she goes the opposite direction and like the clean like uh janitor is there and he opens the door and she hides behind the door and then she takes a screwdriver from like all of his like stuff 
and she breaks into uh, Dr. Graham's office and his computer turns on all of a sudden and an article pops up and it's basically just an article that say that says that Rachel Parsons committed suicide so that that's how she died and then like a security cam video pops up after she sees like the article and she can see that the ghost of Rachel Parsons is in the solitary confinement area and then she, um and then like Miranda's like oh my god Chloe because Chloe so I, I forgot to mention this but after like the shower like you know episode um the other doctors is like oh I've been hearing from other patients that Chloe is bothering her so we're gonna put Chloe in solitary confinement so like when she notices that Rachel's ghost is in the solitary confinement area like the first thing she like remembers is that chloe is there uh so miranda makes her way to the solitary confinement area and then um she like like the lights are flickering like a lot and all of a sudden they start stop flickering and through the small window for the solitary confinement room she sees chloe's face being pushed against the glass and she can see that she's like badly beaten up and she like and then she sees like the chest of a man with a tattoo of like a woman burning and it's basically like a woman uh it's the name of this tattoo is called or like the type of tattoo this is is like referencing anima sola um and it's basically a woman in purgatory so she knows that now that you know the devil, the quote-unquote devil that Chloe was mentioning was actually a man with this tattoo in his chest. So obviously, once Miranda sees the tattoo, she freaks out and she runs off and then she gets caught. And she tells him, she's like, go help Chloe, go help Chloe. But obviously, they're not going to listen to her because what Chloe told her, once everyone thinks you're crazy, no one's going to believe you. So and then like Dr. Graham goes to visit her and she explains to him that Rachel Parsons did not commit suicide and how someone hurt her. And that's why she came to her like that. That is why Rachel Parsons is appearing to her and that she doesn't care if he doesn't believe her, but that she has shown up before her and she's like dead or alive. Like I seen her like this is what I know. And then uh cut to like all of the patients having like their hourly like time outside and um chloe is just sitting by herself alone and her face is all beat up and miranda goes up to her and apologizes for not believing her and she's like please tell me who did this to you please tell me his name and chloe tells her she's like he can have my body but the devil will never have my soul and then Chloe hugs Miranda and she whispers into Miranda's ear, he said, you're next. Cut to Miranda being in solitary confinement for like trying to escape or whatever. And the lights outside, so you know how I said there's like a small little window, begin to flicker. And she sees a shadow under the door. And when she bends down, Rachel Parsons' ghost is right behind her. And I screamed. Like, this is such a good jump scare. I was not expecting that at all. And then the lights inside her room, like inside the solitary confinement room, begin to flicker as well. And Rachel Parsons appears behind her again. But this time, she begins to brutally attack uh Miranda and she's basically throwing her around like a fucking rag doll like she's destroying the fucking room with Miranda's body <laughs> so the security guards like notice the commotion and like the video camera and they're like oh my god Miranda is hurting herself because that's what it looks like in the video and she because it looks like she's throwing herself against the walls and then they're like oh my gosh she's trying to commit suicide so they like go into the room um so they get into the room and miranda's passed out in the middle of the room like and then she, they think they're like she's like oh the orderly like the main nurse is like oh sedate her and one of the securities is like why she's already like passed out she did this to herself but then miranda like wakes up and she grabs the keys from the main nurse and she like begins to make her way out and the guards obviously follow after her. There's a chase scene and she makes it to the pool area and like to hide herself, she gets inside the pool slowly and submerges herself and she holds her breath until like the, all of the guards leave the pool area. And then to like, you know, like to control her breathing and to like 
make sure that she was able to hold it for all that time. She like closes her eyes. But and when she opens them, Rachel Parsons is like right in front of her under the water. And that is was also really terrifying. So she makes herself uh, like she gets out of the pool and then she goes by like the main door where Joe, the security guard is. And like he notices her, but like Miranda's like, shh, like don't tell anyone. And he like he kind of like ride or die like shout out to joe the security guy because he lets her go and he even like tell the tells the other like guards like oh i saw something in the camera i think she went over there so they leave the front door and he's like take my car take my car and he gives miranda his car key so that she could escape so now we're seeing uh miranda driving frantically and then she looks in her rearview mirror. And of course, what happens when you look in your rearview mirror during a horror movie? Rachel Parsons is back there. And then the car all of a sudden starts going super fast. And there's an intersection coming. And there's a truck going full speed towards that same intersection. And Miranda's, the car brakes are not working or they're not functioning. So she feels like she's going to like die. But she's able to like like the truck is able to beat her to the intersection so she only like hits the car a little bit and then when she finally parks and like collects herself she like yells back at the back seat what do you want from me but no one is there so she's able to make it drives through her house where she lived with doug and as soon as she parks all of the lights inside her house light up what does this remind you of Fucto Fam? This reminded me so much of Hill House when like all of the siblings start getting there and just like all of the lights turn on, like welcoming them home. So she's able to go inside the house because she knows where she like she had a hidden uh, spare key and she begins to walk around the house and she calls out her husband's name as she makes her way um, upstairs. And then she has a vision of herself killing Doug with the axe. And before, like, she, like, delivers the last, like, hit, she said, I love you. Then um, she notices that not alone was written on the entrance of their bedroom. And when she goes inside the room, she hears, like, water sounds. So she goes inside the restroom and she sees, like, a vision of herself inside the bathtub. And the water is completely red. Like, she just, like, murdered her husband is covered in blood she decides to hop on the bath and just like the water is so red and then she gets up from the bath and she sees herself in the mirror and her face starts morphing and transforming into all these different women before she comes back to herself cut to her sobbing as she stares at a picture of herself and her husband at their willow creek property so that's the property that uh, doug went to visit uh the day that he was murdered so before he like after work um and then uh like a blood like a drop of blood falls and like hits the um, the picture and she thinks like that her nose is bleeding but it's not so like the drop of blood uh hits like the picture so she's like oh willow creek something is happening in willow creek and then, of course, because of that, she begins to make her way to Willow Creek, which looks really old and abandoned. And she is drawn towards the farmhouse. So, like I said, something draws her to the farmhouse and she makes her way inside. Um, and she opens the door to, like, a shed inside the farmhouse. And, like, she's about to close it, but something, like, her intuition tells her not to. And then she sees, like, there's a, like, like a door to like a room going downstairs so like a basement and um she like goes down to the basement and then she turns on the lights and she finds a bed with restraints and as soon as the lights turn on there's a camera in front of the bed and it starts recording so she's like looking at things she's taking she's taking in all that she's seeing and she notices the camera and she goes up to it and she rewinds it and Miranda sees her husband Doug attacking a woman that is tied to the bed and he's he says how it's good to be God and before he turns off the video he says I love you so 
Miranda sees this and obviously what the fuck is happening and uh she hears someone upstairs because she she's like in the basement so she's like seeing dirt come down like as if someone was stepping in like the upper level and she makes her she starts making her way out and the cop is there and he's like pointing his gun at her and she took like a knife as like a weapon and he's telling her to put his his uh weapon down and she's like telling him to like calm down and all of a sudden from behind miranda two hands come out and grab her and it's a woman and she's all bloody and she's asking the cop and miranda for help cut to sheriff ryan giving a press release about how the woman found was a woman that had been reported missing by her parents two weeks before and how she's currently hospitalized and that they found her in doug um dog gray's property like the willow creek property and there, she's like oh i can't confirm or deny that there have been more victims at this time so then we see teddy the lawyer and dr graham trying to get miranda out of jail but like the sheriff is like not having it she's like i don't care like what like new information we've had she's still a murderer like she, she still killed my best friend so we see dr parson uh goes and visit miranda while she's like in like a interrogation room and um he's like i can't believe like like it's so hard to believe that D doug could have done something like this and and he's like and Miranda's like, tell me about it. Like, I was married to this man. And he asked Miranda if she thinks that Rachel was one of Doug's victims. And Miranda's like, yes, I think, I think she was. I think, like, and she, like, explains that when Rachel appeared before her, she kept, like, saying the not alone or, like, not alone. Like, she's been seeing not alone everywhere. And, I, and what she thinks is that Rachel was trying to tell her that she was not alone and that she was not like the only victim that Doug had and uh Dr. Parsons shares that he had a like a recurring dream of his daughter like burning up in flames and him not being able to help her and uh, Dr. Miranda like Miranda is just like oh my god when she appeared before me she burst into flames like and and he's like no but that was just a dream and she's like it, was it a dream if we if you were seeing it in your dream and i was seeing it in real life like could it be a dream so um then it cuts to like miranda calling dr graham to tell him that she's like i've put two and two together and she's like the man that has been raping women at the prison is connected to what doug was doing at the willow creek location like his fucking torture shed um, and like, obviously, Dr. Graham is like, I don't believe you, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make sense. He's like, I don't believe in ghosts. And Miranda's arguing. She's like, I'm not deluded. I'm possessed. Like, bro, like, get it together. But Dr. Graham, like, they just end the call and it doesn't like, they don't reach an agreement. And then we see Dr. Graham back in his office and he's like, fuck it. And he begins to look at up anima sola tattoos just to get an idea of what they mean. Uh, cuts. So then, um, after the call, Miranda is put back in her, like, jail cell, and she tells, like, the officer, she's like, oh, I need to talk to Sheriff Ryan. Uh, please let him know that I need to talk to him ASAP. So then she's in her jail cell alone, and the lights begin to flicker as the sheriff gets there. And she's like, she lets him know what not alone means, and she's like, there are two killers. And she begins to explain why she thinks this. And she's like, I saw Chloe being raped by a man with the anima sola tattoo in his chest. And she's like, and then Rachel bursted out in flames, just like the like the woman in that tattoo and just like, you know, like the anima sola meaning. And she tells the sheriff how she knows that it sounds crazy because Dr. Graham doesn't believe her. And he's like, no, no, it doesn't sound crazy. And they begin to like, like talk about it. And like Miranda, she's like, oh, like this is what you do. Why don't you build a profile for the killer? And uh, Miranda does that. And she's like, oh, you know, this other killer, the second killer, which she's calling like the mentor could be could have like an absent father. And like, since he didn't have a father, he developed like this inappropriate relationship with his mother. And he probably got off on hurting animals as a child. And he's probably really confused about his sexuality. So that's like the profile that Miranda builds. He, uh, and the sheriff is like, oh, could a man like this look smart and normal uh, and like, you know, uh, be under the radar? 
radar and Miranda's like yeah and uh like she she says that he could and he wants to know she's like oh like did Doug confess to you what he did before like you killed him and then they speculate about why the second killer didn't go back to Willow Creek to like kill off the other like the girl that was there and like to clean up the evidence and like the 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 sheriff is like oh maybe like he was scared or he didn't want to like call attention to himself and like he was just waiting for the dust to settle um and and he's like oh by the way since you saw the t the killer's tattoo he's probably desperate and he probably sees you as a threat and then miranda asks desperate enough to talk to me and doug takes like a beat and he says i do fit the profile longtime friend of doug access to the prison but I never got a cake of torturing animals. And then Miranda tries to make a run for it, but the sheriff catches her and she exposes like his chest and we see the anima sola tattoo. And he's, he like has a needle and he's trying to sedate her. And he's like, she's like, don't kill me, don't kill me. And, she, and he's like, oh, I'm not gonna kill you. Um, he's like, once this like once this kicks in like the like the needle or like the sedation or whatever he's like i'm gonna have more fun with you than doug ever did and then the lights begin to flicker she manages to get the needle away from him and she stabs him in the neck and then she runs away and he takes out his gun and shoots at her but uh misses and then he hits like this like this pipe and like hot air starts coming out of there and he's like well, obviously she tries to get away, but all of the doors of like the jail or like the prison are closed. And he grabs another gun as he he's like, oh, you're not getting away from here. And he explains to Miranda, he's like, Rachel was not the first victim. And he's like, did you know that Doug killed a girl when he was 15 years old? And I helped him bury the body. He's like, oh, and we stopped for a long time until dog, Doug saw Rachel and how he could not bear to scratch that itch. And he's like, and we had the time of our life until you ruined everything. The sheriff sees like someone's like shadow and he like points the gun and shoots. But then he realizes that it's Rachel's ghost and he shoots her again. And he says, this isn't logical. You're dead. And um. Rachel bursts into flames and then um you know like attacks Sheriff Ryan so he bursts into flames as well and then when he's burning up Miranda managed to get a gun uh, and shoots him as she says logic is overrated Dr. Graham gets there like bro like why are you there now like she already took care of it and he apologizes to Miranda um and he's like I'm so sorry that I didn't believe you Cut to a year later and Miranda and Chloe are uh, like taking a walk and uh, Chloe um, is going off about she's like, oh, I still have like bad dreams. And sometimes I wake up screaming in the middle of the night and just like kind of like giving an explanation of her current situation. Chloe tells her that she needs to get going to catch her like train. Um, but before that, she likes like thanks Miranda for everything that she did for her and all the help that she has given her um like ever since like everything happened and Miranda's like no thank you because you taught me how to really listen they hug and Miranda whispers to Chloe we made it and then Chloe gets in a cab and and like she goes off Miranda begins to walk away and then she sees a little boy standing in the middle of the street and a fire truck is coming at full speed towards him and right as like the truck is like hits him like the boy disappears and then like the camera pans behind a light post and we see the picture of that same boy and his face is on a missing persons poster end of movie i quickly want to talk about why i love this movie so much i think i recently watched this movie maybe like a year or two ago and i was like like blown away by it um it's doesn't have great ratings like it has really bad ratings and i don't know why this movie gets so much hate but it has everything that i love it has ghost it has possession it has revenge it has ghosts wanting revenge um yeah i and halle berry oh mwah, chef's kiss 
no wonder she got an Oscar. I mean, the Oscars are racist because only she has, like, a black woman has ever won an Oscar in the history of the Oscars. Uh, racism? Yes. Oscars need to be canceled. ASAP. The Academy can suck my ass. Uh, I'm sorry, that was very brutal. Um, the Academy, if you're listening to this, I do not apologize. Fucking do better. There are so many talented black actresses. Okay? Thank you. Thank you very much. But I guess just the fact... You know what terrifies me? And I know I always talk about this. I know I always fucking talk about this. But give me a fucking break. You know what fucking terrifies me, dude? Marriage. Whoopi Goldberg said it best when she was asked if she was ever going to remarry again. And she was like, why do I want a stranger in my house? Oh, iconic. It's so scary to me that you can fall in love with a person and marry them and like have this amazing, beautiful life with them. And then it turns out that they're a fucking psychopath. Like, that is so scary. Talk about a horror movie. That's a horror movie. Because you you love this person. You trust them. Like, you have no reason not to trust them because they've never proved you wrong. But they're so calculating. Oh, my God. That is terrifying. And I know that, like, it happens in a lot of marriages. But, not, <clears throat> oh, my God, I'm choking. <coughs> oh, my God. I'm probably not going to edit that out because this is the real genuine me. Uh, my throat is a little scratchy. It's a little itchy. But it's, okay, it's fine. Um, Where was I going with this? I feel like, obviously, not to this extent. But a lot of women get married. And then, like, like maybe a year or two into the marriage, they're like, who is this man? And what did you do to the man that I thought I was marrying? And it's just like people showing their true colors. But you like, okay, people showing their true colors is fine. But the people that don't show their true colors. And then they're just exposed even because like someone like catches them doing something that they're not supposed to do. Or like doing something illegal or like they die or they get murdered because of what they were doing. I just really enjoyed like the whole the ghost of the one of the women that were murdered by this horrible fucking man possessed Miranda Gray, Halle Berry's character, into killing her own husband for something that she didn't know he was doing. Like, what? So good. The line, I'm not deluded, I'm possessed. Ah! Iconic. Yes, mama, yes, we stand. Um, also, like, just, like, I'm not gonna do, like, the normal segments, but take it with a grain of salt segments, believe women. Believe women. If a woman is saying that something is happening and that something is not, like, that, that something feels wrong, do something to show them that you believe them. Like, the last, one of the last lines that Miranda said is, like, no, like, thank you, Chloe, because you taught me how to really listen. When someone is asking for help and telling you that these horrible things are happening to them, maybe they don't have to, like, literally ask for help, but you're seeing all the signs. You're a fucking professional in the business. Believe your patient. There's got to be some truth in what they're telling you. Believe them. And maybe then later the truth comes out that what they were saying was not accurate or whatever, but believe them first. What's so hard about that? You you know what's also really terrifying? Two people that are equally as evil and horrible and into the same things coming together? That's fucking, oh my God. The fact that these two men found themselves and became best friends and then they started doing these evil extracurricular activities together for fun torturing women murdering them disposing of them but the fact that they did that to their colleague's daughter 
how oh my god you can see that they're fucking they literally have no empathy at all at all <sighs> this movie fucked me up <laughs> the ending though i feel like maybe they were like they were signing it up for like a sequel um but then they got like really bad ratings for this movie well not like bad but it, they weren't great um and they were like nothing happened but it's just like maybe now after like miranda has been possessed by a ghost she's now able to see other ghosts that are in need because like oh i forgot to mention so she sees a boy in the middle of the street and he points at something and then like the fire truck comes and he disappears and what he was pointing out was the light post where his missing person's poster was like taped there so he probably needed help it gives me like a lot of um ghost whisperer vibes so maybe ghost whisperer it's what happened after gothica <laughs> whoever created ghost whisperer was inspired by gothica also speaking of believing women or like if women tell you that something is not wrong that something's wrong you should trust them I talked about it in one of my other episodes, but the woman, uh, the the um, the movie, I believe it's called Women Talking. Holy fucking shit! Like, I I I watched this movie on my flight back from New York, and I was like, oh, it's probably gonna be like an easy watch. Why was that the most devastatingly hard watch I've ever encountered in a plane? I was sobbing the whole time back. Like that was so embarrassing such a good movie but yes believe women okay they're not making these little stories up about devils coming in the middle of the night and poisoning them from the inside out okay thank you thank you very much for coming to my TED talk um and I think that's it for like the birthday episode fuck the fam uh this was a lot a lot of fun 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 <laughs> take a shot this was a lot of fun i'm so glad i was able to go through one of my favorite movies of all time such a good watch if you haven't watched it already it was 2.99 um amazon prime it's not bad you rent it you watch it it's not a long movie it's an hour and 38 i think an hour and 38 is the perfect time for a movie um halle berry iconic uh penelope cruz oh iconic robert downey jr Mwah, chef's kiss it was just a really good cast. The story was good. It was refreshing. I enjoyed it. I don't care what the reviews say. I like this movie. And if you want to give it a chance, now you know what happens. Now you know where the jump scares at for all my scaredy cats. Go give it a watch. All right, fuck the fam. Again, thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast in, in these uh, last two years. I'm super appreciative. I'm super grateful. I love you all so much. And remember... Be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye. <laughs>